In today's video, I'm going to be talking about building your raw materials library. So I'm going to split this video into two parts. In the first part, I'm going to be talking about if you don't actually own any raw materials yet at all, um, what do I think you should buy? Where should you start off? And then in the second part, I'm going to talk about if you've already got raw materials, um, what's the best way to think about what you should buy next in order to build on top of the collection you already have. Okay, so first off, what if you don't own any raw materials at all? Well, if you start looking on the internet, you'll quickly probably find lots of lists full of essential oils, aroma chemicals, and other raw materials. And it might be quite hard to kind of imagine what do these things smell like? How am I going to use them in a perfume? Especially if you've never smelt them before and all of these just feel like kind of random names. Now, on top of this, you may have read online or seen in articles that professional perfumers often know thousands of raw materials. Um, and this sounds like a massive number. You may start to think to yourself, do I need to buy a thousand raw materials to get started in perfumery? And the answer is no, to be honest. I don't think that is the case at all. I think you can get started with something as low as about 20 raw materials, and I think you can just go and build up from there. That said, there are also a lot of kits online that have something like 50 or 100 raw materials, and I think those are great to get started too, especially as those kits often come with materials which have been specifically chosen to be good for beginners, either in that they're very easy to use materials, very commonly used materials, or materials which um, help in lots of different types of perfumes. Okay then, so let's just say you wanted to buy about 20 materials or so to get started. Now, I actually already did a video where I recommended what I thought were the 20 best raw materials to get started with perfumery. I'll put a link to that video in the description if you're interested in that list. I go in detail and explain why I think those 20 raw materials are good to start with. So if you don't have any raw materials yet at all, and you don't want to splash out and buy loads in one go, I would recommend definitely checking out that. I also did mention, however, that there's a lot of these companies who sell raw materials, which are also selling starter kits. Now, the one benefit of these is because you're buying a larger amount of the raw materials in one go, you also can get a bit of a discount or sometimes get extra freebies, like maybe things like pipettes or a little guide or some free formulas with them as well. Now, getting one of these kits is definitely something I would recommend as I actually started with one of these kits myself. So I got the 100 Aroma Chemicals kit from Pell Wall, though I know there's also other beginners kits out there. For example, I know Perfumer's Apprentice does one and other companies like the Experimental Perfume Club and other shops you'll find online. So I'll put a link to some of those in the description. Anyway, let's take a step back for a second. What if you're interested in buying the kits, but you already have some of the aroma chemicals in the kits? Because in that situation, it might not be worth buying the kits anymore because you're now buying duplicates of things you already have, so you're kind of wasting your money on those things. Well, in that situation, I do still think those kind of standard ingredient lists on those beginner kits can be quite helpful because a lot of the time, those ingredients can be really, really important. So it's often a good idea to have those anyway. If that's you in that situation, but you're not sure exactly which of these starter materials might be most important that you're missing, then I've actually just done a little analysis which might help you work out which are the most important ones that you need. Basically, what I've done is I've taken five of these starter ingredients lists and I've actually compared them all and worked out which ingredients pop up the most frequently so you can see which ingredients show up, for example, on all of the lists, which ingredients show up on some of the lists, and which ones are actually quite rare and maybe not that important for a beginner after all. Right then, so what I've basically done is I've taken five of these beginner raw materials lists from online and I've gone and combined them together. And what I've done is found out which materials are common across the lists, i.e. which materials are repeated again and again as good for beginners, 
And then what I'm gonna go and do is rank those in how many lists they appear on. So as you can see, the first list is from base notes where they have spent quite a while, it seems coming up with a good list of 100 um, beginner aroma chemicals. Next is actually the book, Perfume the Alchemy of Scent. I left a review of this on my channel. I'm also selling it on my web store and that's just because I think it's a really good book. But in this book, Jean-Claude Elena actually has an ingredients list of all of the ingredients he uses himself in his palette. And he is the perfume at Hermes. So I guess this is a good one to take notice of as well. Then um, there's the Pell Wool First 100 Aroma Chemicals Kit. This is the kit that I use when I started in perfumery. So I've added that as well. Then I've also got the Perfumer's Apprentice Beginner's Aroma Chemical Kit. I also actually added on their Beginner's Natural Kit. Um, and the reason I included this list was because I know that Perfumer's Apprentice are very popular as well. And finally, I also added the Experimental Perfume Club um, ingredient sets one, two, and three. Um, no particular reason, I just knew that this list existed as well. So I thought I might as well have another list Right then, so now for the results. Now, just before the results, I quickly want to mention, because of the method I use to match all of these things together, it is possible that there are a couple of tiny mistakes. However, on the whole, the list is correct. Anyway, so firstly, for the raw materials that were found in all five starter lists, which suggests they're really, really popular and widely used. So firstly, benzyl acetate. This is something that you can use in jasmine and gardenia accords, but also you can use it in apple accords. Galaxolide, which is a really popular musk, can also be used in conjunction with the next century, Hedione, to make something called a Grosman Accord. Um, this is an accord that's used in a lot of commercial perfumes and helps give it that kind of professional perfumey kind of smell that it has. The final entry is vanillin, and this isn't surprising at all, given that vanillin is a sweetener that can be used in just about any type of perfume. It also lasts a really long time, just like a musk, even though it doesn't smell like a musk. Um, again, this is really easy to use in almost any kind of perfume. Next for the raw materials which we used in four of the starter lists, so these are still really important, they're still uh, mentioned a lot. Aldehyde C18 and C14, from a chemistry point of view, these aren't technically aldehydes, um, they're lactones instead, but it doesn't really matter. Um, the aldehyde names are just the common names given to them. Aldehyde C18 smells of coconut, aldehyde C14 smells a little bit like peaches, um, and it can be used to make peach accords, but other fruit accords as well. Ambretolide, that's a musk. Calone, that's quite a fresh, watery, aquatic scent. Citral, that's a... It's basically what makes limonene go from smelling like oranges to lemons. So the difference between orange and lemon essential oil is mainly that lemon essential oil has citral, and that makes it smell more like a lemon than an orange. Next, we have cyclamen aldehyde. This one is quite nice and fresh, a little bit floral. Next, dihydromersinol. This is also very fresh, but a bit more on the masculine side. This one is used all over the place. In the 90s, there was a big thing where this was used at massive dosages all the time. Um, if you've ever smelled perfumes in shops, you'll probably recognize this one straight away. Um, then we have some linalols. So ethyl linalol, but also linalol and linalol acetate. Um, basically, linalol is found in lots and lots of naturals and um, essential oils, and then linalol acetate and ethyl linalol are just slightly different versions. If you're trying to make something smell a bit more natural or you're trying to reconstruct a natural oil, then these are going to be very, very useful. Um, next, we have ethyl maltol. 
This is used a lot in fruit accords. Um, it can be used to make things a bit sweeter. Geraniol. This is used in rose accords. It's found naturally in roses. Helianal, again, this one is one of those more fresh kind of scents. This one, I think, smells a bit like a watermelon, very juicy. Isui Super, this is one that you've probably heard of before. Um, it's kind of got a bit of a famous hatch to it as well. Basically, it's this very woody smelling molecule, but you can use it in very high dosages and often it helps balance out perfumes. It's also in that Grosman Accord um, with the Hedione and the Galaxolide that I was talking about earlier. Labdanum, this one's one of my favorites. I did a video about it just the other week. I've actually got some really nice labdanum coming into my web store. So if you're interested in that, definitely check it out. But basically labdanum is used in amber cords, so you can use this one with the vanillin. Next we have Stemone. I really like this, so I'm not actually sure how easy this is to use in a perfume. To me, this smells like black currants and it also smells a little bit like ivy, though it's also well known for being used in a fig leaf accord. Then finally, we have styrol acetate. To me, this smells like kind of a bit like rhubarb and a bit fruity. Um, again, I really, really like this one. Next, we have the things that are found in three of the starter kits, even though it's only three out of five because some of those starter kits aren't very comprehensive. Um, it actually still means that ones in this section are still pretty important. I'm not going to go through all of them, but basically um, some of the aldehydes at the top can be used for kind of giving a bit of sparkle and lift for floral perfumes, except for aldehyde C16, which like the C14 and C18 isn't technically an aldehyde, it's a lactone. This one smells a little bit like strawberries. Um, keep going through these, we have some cystrihexanol, cystrihexanol acetate. Basically the hexanol smells like cut grass, the acetate is a bit more fruity, a bit more like banana. Um, I really like these as well. Going down a bit more, we have coumarin, which is quite famous. This is widely used in fougere accords. Um, then we have things like ebonol, which is a really nice sandalwood molecule. Things like ethyl vanillin, which is a bit like vanillin, but sweeter and less likely to decolorize your perfume. So basically you can use less of it as well. We have ethylene brassolate, which is a sweet musk, but I think this works really well in almost all kinds of perfume. I'd really recommend this. Floralazone, this is very ozonic, um, fresh, that kind of thing. So if you're looking for that kind of note in your perfumes, try that. Keep on going, we've got Indole. This doesn't actually smell very nice on its own, um, but this can be used in jasmine and actually is very important in order to make the jasmine smell like real jasmine. We've got a couple of ionones. Ionones basically smell a bit like violet, but they can also be used for things like raspberries. Then keep on going through this. We've also got patchouli, which is quite famous. Then finally, looking at the list, of everything that's in two of the five starter kits. Looking over this, I don't have everything myself, but I do have most of it. And from what I do have, I can agree that again, all of these things are pretty important. So I would really recommend probably everything on this page. Um, it's probably worth thinking about getting if you're at that point where you can afford to expand your raw materials or if you're looking to expand your raw materials. And finally, what if you don't fall into one of the categories that I've just mentioned? Say, for example, you already have most of the ingredients in the beginner lists, or say maybe you're just not that interested in getting those ingredients and you would like to get something else. If that's the case, you probably know better than me which raw materials you want to buy next. However, I'll still give my opinion on the matter. Basically, I think a lot of it comes down to your personality as a perfumer. If you like a certain category of raw materials, be it say leathery raw materials or ozonic raw materials, floral raw materials, then I do think it's good to become kind of an expert in one specific category of raw materials. And then also try to make sure you still balance the rest of your library to make sure you do have the kind of 
other raw materials that will go with those ones. So for example, say you really like light floral perfumes, for example, you might want to go and get a lot of lily of the valley type molecules, things like hydroxy citronellal, things like sylvial, things like uh, lily bell, that kind of stuff. But on the other hand, it's still good to make sure you've got enough musks and other base notes in order to balance out your perfume compositions maybe some citruses or whatever else it may be that you think can go with those notes. Um, but again, this is probably something quite self-explanatory. And then finally, one other idea is also looking at formulas. So say you find certain accords online that you're interested in that you think would be nice to make, then obviously going to buy the raw materials that you're missing for those accords, that could be a good idea too. And just before I go, one question that I did get asked in the comments in the past while we're still on the subject is, once you've got new raw materials, but there's not necessarily much information online about how to use them, how do you start going and thinking about how you can actually use those materials in your perfume? Um, for that question, for me, the answer is, well, if you've got a new raw material, but it's a bit weird or you're not sure how to use it, then the best thing you can really do is just start doing trial blends. Um, if you're not quite ready to start blending it yet because you're really that unsure, then just take a scent strip with the raw material and take a scent strip with another raw material that you have put them together and see if it smells nice, see if it doesn't smell nice. If you repeat this with lots of raw materials in your library, you'll eventually get an idea for which raw materials that new one smells good with and which ones it doesn't smell so good with. Once you've got an idea for that, you can then go and make some dilutions of your new raw material, find out what kind of level it works at. Is it quite strong? In that case, you might want to dilute it down to 1% or 0.1% before you start blending. On the other hand, if it's often dominated by the other materials when you're comparing them on the scent strips, then maybe you want to leave it nice and high at something like 10%. At this point, I would suggest doing firstly binary combinations. So say you've got a new raw material, um, let's call it raw material X, and you found it seems to go quite good with things like rose and jasmine. Well, then start doing a binary combination. So basically take this new raw material, put it with some rose in a blend, then put it with some jasmine in a blend, balance those out. And if you still think that it smells good, then think, hmm, have I got any past formulas with a rose in or any past formulas with a jasmine in? And if you do, then you can try adding that new raw material to those perfumes, see how it affects it. And once you've kind of gone through that whole process and done that, at that point, you should have a good feel for how that raw material might affect a perfume. And then you have an idea for how you might want to apply it or in which future perfumes you make that you might want to use it in. Anyway, I really hope you enjoyed the video. Thanks very much for watching. Please do consider giving it a like. And apart from that, I'll see you next time.